and welcome to another episode of the RCVS podcast. I'm Anna Feeney, a member of the communications team here at the college, and today we're going to be talking about veterinary innovation and the launch of our own innovation hub, Vibet. I'm joined by Chris Tufnell, our senior vice president, and Anthony Roberts, our director of leadership and innovation, who have both been with the project since the very beginning. So Chris, let's start with the basics a little bit here. What exactly do we mean when we talk about veterinary innovation? Well, we mean, mean uh, really doing things better. And um, there's lots of different types of, uh, of innovation. There's innovation that sort of creeps up on us and just slowly occurs uh, uh, over time. And there's innovation that takes what we do forward in great leaps. And technology in itself, although in innovative very often in the way that they've developed it, isn't veterinary innovation. It's coupling that technology with processes and, and very often innovation in processes that is actually true veterinary innovation. And most of the time what we do is just doing what we do better. So um, things like um, mobile phones, uh, the internet, uh, computers, um, practice lab machines, all of those things are innovations, um, technological innovations that have enabled us to do our job jobs better. And when I say better, they've probably enhanced the service that we've been able to offer the public in terms of looking after their animals, animal health and welfare. And they've <clears throat> probably extended to uh, uh, people that haven't been able to access our services before, our services. Um, and so they, they've improved things over time. The other sort of innovation, the sort of innovation that maybe people think about straight away and, and having not really noticed the other one, uh, is, is a much more stepwise innovation. There are things that, that take us um, way forward and those very often actually, although enabled by technological innovation, are um, actually business model innovation. So they are actually changing the way that we deliver what we deliver. So for example, the movement from farm animal practice where they were just going out and treating animals to concentrating much more on preventative medicine and preventing disease in, in, in farm animals was really enabled by um, data. So the ability for farmers to uh, get together data on their animals and, and start looking at animals very much more as a flock or a herd. So that's... Uh, that's the way that farm animal practice has, has, has been transformed. Um, equine practice has been leapt forward by the access to portable diagnostic equipment. So x-ray uh, machines, ultrasound scanners, um, some laboratory equipment, um, video endoscopes, all used to be practice-based. And so the access to them was restricted to those that could move their horses, say, to a central point. Now they, they can all be thrown onto the back seat of a car. And um, that means that, that, the, that there are animals out in the field that have now have access to services that they probably didn't have before. And it has completely transformed the way that we're able to, to deliver um, healthcare. In, in the small animal field, um, we are still basically fairly traditional in the way that we deliver our services, in that we do um, ask people to bring their animals now. I mean, we obviously used to do home visits, but we now bring their animals into, into surgeries and see us on a consultation basis. And that's gone on for, for years, and, and there's been a, a slow, gradual innovation. Possibly the biggest 
business model innovation is access to specialist services. Whereas access to specialist services again used to be by the animal moving from um, uh, the primary care site to, to a sort of tertiary care site, now the, the, that line is much more blurred in that the primary care clinician or vet can actually access um, referral services remotely so they can um, actually just speak to the specialist and get the innovation um, the information directly from them um, and obviously the lines of communication now are so much more advanced in that we've gone from um, just speaking to them to exchanging pictures uh, digitally and now of course vid video and probably even video consultations and emerging we've got specialists that are offering services such as ultrasound scanning um, and uh, echocardiography um, remotely, so the specialist is, is at a remote site and yet they're able to see what is going on in the primary care uh, clinic in terms of um, all these diagnostic tests. So um, that level of uh, service has transformed quite dramatically. So innovation is a lot of things actually, um, but the most important thing to remember is that it, it takes innovation in processes as well as technology for it to, to really truly be innovation. Just plonking a computer in the corner of the room is unlikely to develop um, anything. So it can take a bit of a culture overhaul sometimes, either within a practice or within a profession, to actually get these to be used regularly. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I know it can be a complete, um, complete change. I mean, is there anything else you want to add on? Yeah, I think, I think that's a really good point, that the real transformational uh, innovation comes when business models are married with, with new technologies. So it's not simply the new piece of kit, but it's how that new piece of kit can be applied in the market to add value. Uh, and so going back to your, your question there, you know, does it require a cultural change? Well, yes, in, in this context, if, if vets want to find new ways to, to access parts of the market, to expand their services, then there will need to be a sort of new approach to, to innovation. And that's why we're, we're launching this program and why we're seeking to provide some of the resources and frameworks we are. And often what happens is if professions, industries don't engage in that sort of way, then the, the innovation comes from, from out with the, the profession or the industry and from elsewhere where there isn't that sort of cultural attachment to the, the processes, to the business models that are in place. And people can then use those technologies to create very new ways of delivering value to the market. Uh, and with that, it can, it can cause a big disruption to, to industries and to, to professions. So it's a really key reason, which we'll talk about shortly, as to why we've launched this program. Yeah, well, we can even talk about that now a bit. So it was launched in the autumn of last year, and there was a big innovation symposium at the Shard, and it brought together professionals from lots of different industries. So how did you see that all coming together for the veterinary profession? What value does that bring? Sure. So the idea of the, the Innovation Symposium, it was the, the launch platform for, for Vivet, for our work around innovation. And the idea was to bring together thought leaders within the veterinary profession with those who are innovating and creating new ways of providing their services, new ways to, to access veterinary services, uh, and also to link up with that large group of people we're now seeing who are not from the professions, but are creating uh, new businesses and new technologies for the animal health and welfare space. Uh, and the idea of the event really was to, to look at that holistically, uh, to, to have a discussion around what are the threats, what are the opportunities, what impact will this have on, on regulation. 
And so the event was sort of had three key themes. We started off with a, a fantastic piece from, from Richard Suskind, who is a, uh, a lawyer who's also been very interested in the, the technology side and how that's disrupting uh, various professions. Uh, and he spoke about some work that he'd done with his, with his son, an, an economist, on how the, the professions are changing, how technology like artificial intelligence will impact them, uh, and what opportunities that, that creates. Uh, from there, we then looked at uh, what innovation means. We had a great piece from a, a professor at Warwick Business School talking around that. Again, opportunities, threats, how you address this. Uh, and then that led on to uh, a sort of transitional point at which we said, well, this is what the future could look like, um, but how do we get there? What are the obstacles? Um, and then in the afternoon, we, we discussed what's here and now, what are the technologies that will be impacting vets and appearing in, in the sort of clinic room in the next couple of years, and what's on the horizon, what are the bigger bigger threats and opportunities? Is there anything that really excited you, particularly like one piece of innovation that really jumped out at you both from this meeting? Um, I, I'd say that Silent Herdsman uh, really leapt out to me. So this is a bit of technology which uh, is put onto dairy cows uh, and analyzes strictly their movements. Um, so you're 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 finding out how much they're lying down, how much they are moving about, how much they are um, chewing the cud, um, and. It, through changes in the animal's behaviour, it's able to tell the farmer when the, the animal is on heat and therefore call the vet or the AI um, technician to, to, to service the, the cow. Um, and also to tell, tell them when the animal isn't so well. So they're getting early indicators of animals that aren't moving about so much, so they might be lame uh, or aren't visiting um, feed troughs as much, so they might be off their food. So, so that really leapt out to me as something that's, that's in use at the moment and has transformed the lives of, of hundreds of animals um, and, the, and also those that take care of them because, of course, they now know they've got this sort of um, invisible eye, as it were, on the animal uh, all the time. And those are the sort of exciting innovations that, that, that are very likely to come into the, uh, with wearables and implantables into um, small animal and equine fields too. The, uh, it might be worth just covering at the moment why, um, people might be asking themselves, why uh, the RCVS, the regulator, uh, remotely interested in, in innovation and why, why sh uh, uh, other than um, do no harm, um, the joint work that we did with the BVA that uh, launched the Vet Futures Report in November 2015 um, identified very clearly that the professions were concerned to some degree about innovation and concerned that um, because they're so busy delivering um, uh, care to animals out there that, that there were in innovation was going to happen despite the professions rather than because of them. Um, and we, with the BVA, identified this as an area that we certainly should should ha have an um, oversight of and be able to assist the professions with. Um, from the RCVS's point of view, um, obviously it's good for us to be aware of the innovations that vets and veterinary nurses are using out there to check that um, they are in fact enhancing animal health and welfare, but I've found this to be overwhelmingly the case and um, actually more importantly what we don't want to do uh, as a regulator is be a roadblock to innovation being adopted. Um, there is a, a potential for regulators if they over exercise the precautionary principle to actually stop innovation being adopted and therefore actually prevent 
a great number of people and animals from benefiting for some incredibly beneficial um, uh, ways of working. Um, the other thing is that by putting the very people that should really be at the centre of animal health and welfare, veterinary surgeons and veterinary nurses, um, into a, a, an area where they can actually get a hold of these innovations and, and work with them and help develop them and be involved in the development of them, um, we are in fact serve, serving the public in the best way possible. And, and the third thing is that actually those people that uh, from outside the professions that want to provide animal health and welfare um, solutions, uh, innovative solutions, um, again, overwhelmingly want to work with us. Um, I, I've yet to meet one, actually, who doesn't want to engage with the veterinary professions in, in delivering their services. So um, maybe the fear of people from the outside, um, uh, maybe it was uh, a mishealth fear, or maybe it's that actually by providing this, this bridge, this, this uh, connection with the professions for people from outside, um, we're really going to come up with the, the best innovations for the future. So the hub is both about bringing people together to showcase individual case studies, but also allowing them to understand where to go for extra resources, extra help, training, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, so at the moment we've got a, a website, viavet.org.uk. Uh, on there there's a whole host of resources. There's uh, videos and uh, write-ups from the, from the symposium, really providing that sort of uh, framework and roadmap for where we think innovation is going. Uh, there are case studies up there, and Chris has put together a fantastic one on, on disruption in, in equine practice, which, which really brings to life some of these, these concepts and uh, some of these words that are used around this, which are quite sort of alienating and you really need to, to bring them back to uh, to what it actually means in in practice and for particular businesses and I think one of the things with innovation this, this is something that every sector uh, suffers from is a feeling that it doesn't apply to us uh, and that somehow uh, their profession or their industry is is immune to these forces from outside and, and perhaps already is innovating and actually every sector potentially can be disrupted and every sector needs to, to sort of horizon scan to understand what's there to see how customers are using their services and how they can improve that and how they can increase those markets. So there's a really useful material there. There's a series of blogs where we're hoping to showcase veterinary innovators, so people who are doing really exciting new things, finding new ways to, to access their services or, or to access new, new markets and to expand the reach of, of veterinary surgeons and nurses. Uh, but going forward, what we really will be, be working on is creating that sort of innovators toolkit on there. So resources, signposting, advice, guidance, so that if you're a veterinary surgeon or nurse out there and you've got a fantastic idea, that will help you then turn that idea into an innovation. So something that's being used in practice uh, to deliver services, to, to create value for your customers. That sounds great. Is that it done with the eye? Um, is it being aimed at more practice managers or is it really anybody in the veterinary team? I hope it will be available mm. and accessible to, to anyone. I mean, mm. really, you know, we want to encourage anyone who's currently working in this profession, working closely with vets, working with vet nurses, to, to be able to, if they have an idea, if they have a way to best offer a better service, to help others access it, to, to provide it at a lower cost, whatever it might be, to be able to bring that to market. Uh, and to make sure that vets really are, uh, and the veterinary professions really are, at the forefront of innovation. Uh, it's really clear that, that in this sort of highly technological world, no one person could do anything on their own anymore. And the days of 
hiding your idea under a bushel before um, releasing it are almost gone. Um, it, spreading the word widely, sharing your idea with people um, tends to bring people together from different disciplines uh, and, and, and the, the sum of the parts is very much better than the individuals on their own. And so um, th this is hopefully going to be a way of bringing people together in, in what is a really exciting and fast-moving field. Um, the, ab the ability to provide better services to the public um, from the point of view of animal health and welfare um, it has just never been greater and is getting greater and greater still. And busy vets and nurses often come up with some fantastic solutions but don't know where to turn in terms of um, magnifying that and multiplying that idea out into the profession so others can benefit from it. Uh, and we hope that, that Vivet will start to become the catalyst uh, for that development. So people don't need to worry about their ideas getting poached. <laughs> it's not it's, that kind of concept. It, 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 as, a yeah. as professions, I've found very rarely uh, do we, do we, are we that possessive about our ideas mm. that, generally speaking, um, people want to share them for the benefit of animals. Um, and, uh, and that's really why a lot of us go into um, either the veterinary surgeon, surgery or, or veterinary nursing professions. So, no, I don't think uh, ideas being poached is a major concern. I think it's a lovely optimistic note to end on. Thank you both very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.